Hi, Rav Judah here with Masechet of Vodazara, Perak Bet Mishnavav, dedicated to the merit of Rafur Shlema for Tovah Miriam Batvora Mindel. This Mishnah continues with a series of items that are forbidden to eat but permitted to uh, to benefit from. You could sell them or give them to an animal, etc., that belong to Gentiles. Here are things of goyim that are forbidden, but are permitted in benefit. Namely, milk that a Gentile has milked from an animal and a Jew has not seen. If a Jew is standing there, we call this Chalav Yisrael, they can attest to the fact that this milk came necessarily from a kosher animal, and thus is kosher milk. Uh, this is not a, a, a Vodazara concern, an idolatrous concern, it's a kashrut concern. How do you know that they didn't mix in a little bit, a few percentage points of camel's milk, horse's milk, just to make it cheaper or creamy, and that would be non-kosher, because the milk of a non-kosher animal is non-kosher. So, how do you know? So, if you saw them milk the animal, then you could drink it, then you know. This is what we call Chalav Yisrael. Those who do not buy necessarily Chalav Yisrael milk, for example, the United States, are relying on Rav Moshe Feinstein, who wrote that because the law in the United States is that it's completely legal to mix any other animal's milk into cow's milk, if you don't say so, then uh, we, and that there are government fines and agencies that check these things out, we can rely on the government. So people who are careful about Chalav Yisrael are saying we can't rely on the government enough to be able to do that. Those who buy milk in a supermarket are saying we can rely on the government to watch out for us. Instead of having a Jew watch, we're having Uncle Sam watch. That was the first one. Vehapat. So non-Jewish bread, the Hashemin, and non-Jewish oil, uh, these were forbidden because there was a concern about getting too close with non-Jews and then having meals with them and eating their bread and eating their oil and eventually intermarriage. Um, and so there, there are some leniencies allowed for commercial bakers. You're less likely to know the commercial baker than you are somebody who personally made some bread at home. And the oil decree was put on the books and was later rescinded, uh, which is why we don't generally hear about too many people watching out for non-Jewish made oil. But for a while there, this is what you call Pas Yisrael, bread of Gentiles. And Sheman Yisrael, um, but that one was rescinded. Rabbi Yehuda and his Beitin rescinded the decree about oil and made it permitted to eat uh, you know, oil made by non Jews if you use some 100% extra virgin olive oil, for example. So the next items mentioned in the Mishnah are shlakot, which are cooked foods. Uh, this is what we would call bishal akum, uh, foods cooked by a Gentile. That means assumes that they're making it in kosher pans, and you're watching them, and you know the ingredients. Smashwood issues are out. Just the fact that a Gentile made them or made them alone without a Jew being involved at all is what we call bishal akum, cooking of Gentiles. It's also problematic, and under this decree. If they had things that they would pickle, that they would add into them wine and wine vinegar. Now, the Gemara then asks, wait a second, why shouldn't this be forbidden in benefit also? And there are those on Moran who say that it indeed should be. Because of this addition, it gets all the rules of wine. Vitarit trufa. Tarit is a kind of fish. Trufa means it's cut up into tiny pieces. If you mince the fish, there's a concern that you don't know if they didn't mix in some non-kosher fishes as well. If you have a brine that doesn't have this, this fish called the kilbeet, the kilbeet fish was a certain kind of little fish that would live in the brine of other fish. I guess it liked very salty water. Um, and it's a, it's a kosher fish, but it would only be, apparently it only lived in the brine of kosher fish. So if, there's, if you have a brine that doesn't have kilbeet in it, then you don't know if that brine is actually a kosher brine. Maybe there were non-kosher fish soaked in it, and that's why there's no kilbeet. Umelech salkonit, salkontit. So this is salkontit salt. I don't know if that's salonikin. Oh, I skipped one. Chilak. Uh, chilak is a specific fish 
that uh, fish have to have fins and scales to be kosher. It gets fins and scales when it's a little bit older, but you can't eat that from a Gentile because for all you know, maybe it's a chilak that doesn't have fins and scales. Maybe there's some other fish mixed in there that doesn't have fins and scales because it's not actually kosher. So without knowing for sure, you, you can't eat it from a Gentile because you just don't know. Koret shalchitit. Koret shalchitit is the spicy dish made from a certain plant. And the concern here is that uh, when, because it's hot or spicy, we have a rule that certain hot, hot or sharp food, onions and garlic, can pull out things that are absorbed into a knife. And so if one is eating some korat shel it may in fact pull out some of the treif that was in their knife into this dish. Melech sal kuntit. I don't know if that's Saloniki and salt, or it's a certain kind of salt that would have other things and spices mixed into it and may in fact have greases and treif mixed into it, non kosher mixed in it. These things are all forbidden, even though you can benefit from them, you can feed them to your animal, you can sell them, you can't actually eat them, they're not kosher.